Welcome back to another episode of Car Care for the Clueless, coming to you via the webtalkradio.net. I'm Pam Oaks, your host. This show is based on my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle. I've got this idea from listening to my customers throughout the decades, and you know, even though you discuss things with people, sometimes in the midst of getting their car repaired, paying for the bill, and uh, driving off and having a million and one things on their grocery list, what they have to do they forget what you tell them sometimes. So by doing the book and by having this radio show, hopefully we can instill a proper maintenance schedule into our listeners and readers and customers that they will actually make money while maintaining their vehicle because they won't be shelling out extra dough to have things fixed that dominoed into something 10 times worse than what it was in the beginning when they could have fixed it when it was much much cheaper and during a routine maintenance program. Let's talk about what's up and coming on today's show. And this week we're going to be discussing what an airbag and what an airbag is. Yes, actually um, most cars they have airbags, but they're two separate things. And we're going to be with ASE Master Technician L1, Pablo Sarmiento of Pam's Motor City, and we're going to talk about what the difference and why it is so important to keep your airbags maintained. Of course, our gadget guru Peter Sudak will be back with another economically priced gadget for your summer driving experience and we're going to tell you how you can make money off your car that's another topic we have coming up but first let's get on the phone with Pablo Sarmiento again he's a master ASC L1 technician and we're going to be discussing airbags the type that keeps you and your family safe Sorry to keep you waiting. This is Pablo. Hi, Pablo. This is Pam. So, Pablo, what can you tell us about uh, airbags, uh, safety restraint airbags? Well, airbags, a little touchy subject, but I can tell you this. Uh, let's start by saying that airbags are a supplemental restraint and are designed to work best in combination with safety seat belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, both uh, frontal and side impact airbags are designed to deploy and moderate to severe crashes. Um, And airbags uh, reduce the chances that an occupant's upper body or head will strike the vehicle during a crash. Okay. But I got to tell you that uh, to avoid uh, airbag-related injuries, uh, always the, the, the driver always should always ensure proper uh, seating position. And, and, and the best thing is for them to read the owner's manual because there's a lot of specific things there um, related to this thing. And what we're talking about, some of these uh, uh, proper procedures, mm-hmm. uh, I got to tell you, one of the things that people really, really forget about seat belts, uh, especially in the front of the vehicle, most modern vehicles at front, uh, the shoulder seat belt, uh-huh. they have an adjustment right on the side pillar. Yes, they do. That you can mm-hmm. just depress this tab and you can move them up and down because not all the drivers have the same height mm-hmm. and, and so on and so on. So people should pay attention to that because half of the people don't even realize that adjustment is there. But uh, continuing with the subject, um, a little history here on the uh, airbags. Safety airbags were invented back on the 50s. Wow. And, uh, but... Uh, it wasn't until the 70s that we started uh, to see them here in the U.S. Uh, as being put in production in certain vehicles only. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, the fact is that 
by the 89, all car manufacturers were required to install either an automatic seat belt or at least a driver's airbag. Oh, yeah. I remember the automatic seat belts. Remember that? You'd go to turn the car on, you'd lean in, and it take yeah. your neck off. Yeah. That was, that was terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible idea because uh, in, in most cases, the way I remember it, uh, you, you had to still manually put the lap belt on, mm-hmm. and we know that the the shoulder seat belt alone, uh, it doesn't do it at all. No. Because during a crash, your lower body will tend to slide out of the seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but yeah, anyway, I, I always thought that was odd. Yes. Um, and of course, back on the, it was like 1990 mm-hmm. uh, or early 90s that uh, it became mandatory that all the cars had to have uh, at least the one the one uh, airbag, mm-hmm. and I always thought that was really odd because, you know, my sense of humor. Uh, I always thought, well, why one seat belt? Uh, I mean, one uh, airbag. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. The fact is, I, you know, my sense of humor kick in, and I'm going like, maybe they're just uh, worry about the driver because he's the one making the payments on the car or something. <laughs> 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 but. The fact is, by by 1998, uh, by 1998, uh, they they made it mandatory where all the uh, domestic cars here uh, in the state, they, they all well, all the cars sold here in the state, they all had to have. They, it was mandatory that they would all have the dual uh, uh, bags on, or mm-hmm. as they call them, the uh, the dual frontal uh, airbags at mm-hmm. least. Uh, and and of course, uh, I was thinking along the same lines. You know, I'm thinking, well, okay, they realize that uh, the co-driver has something to do with the payment too, so now they put two of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they were the co-signer. My, right? No, my sense of humor. Okay, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's uh, good. We're, we're getting back in track here. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So, um, how, how do these work? Well, these things. Uh, the system has sensors that can determine sudden deceleration. And when there is a moderate to a severe crash, Mm -hmm. a signal is sent from the airbag system's electronic control unit to the inflator within the airbag module. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, well, there's this one igniter, and the inflator uh, starts, and and the inflator starts the chemical reaction that uh, produces harmless gases, uh, which inflates the airbag within. And this whole thing happens, it happens so quick, it's within a blink of an eye. In fact, uh, it happens in less than one twentieth of a second. Wow! Uh, yes, and, and the side, uh, the side impact, uh, the side airbags, mm-hmm. uh, they inflate even quicker uh, since they have less space between the occupants and the striking objects such as the interior of the vehicle or another vehicle or a tree or a pole. Okay, all right, okay. you yeah. get the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But because the airbags deploy so rapidly. Uh, serious or sometimes fatal things can occur if the occupant is too close to or is directly in contact with the airbag when it's first deploying. Um, well, so the thing is that sitting as far back from the steering wheel or dashboard as possible mm-hmm. and using seat belts help prevent the occupants from being too close to deploying frontal airbags. Okay. And uh, yeah, right. And up until recently. Uh, toxic uh, cornstarch or talcum powder was commonly used to lubricate the airbag fabrics and aid in deployment. 
Really? Yeah, right. But uh, while these lubricants may sometimes appear to uh, be a smoke when released during deployment, they are actually harmless substances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, right. I never knew that. Uh, right. The, but most of uh, today's uh, airbag fabrics, uh, they have, uh, they're sufficiently slippery that traditionally powder-like lubricants mm-hmm. aren't really necessary anymore. Oh. And, and an exception to that is more like the side airbags. Mm-hmm. Um, they're heavily coated with uh, some of these powders still, and, uh, and, and well, yeah, and, and so they still use them on those, and if when they deploy, well, you're going to see what looks like smoke, but it's actually... Okay, so you get in an accident, and the airbags go off, then, then what happens? Well, the airbag automatically deflates as the gas escapes through vents in the fabric of the airbag. Okay. Um, airbags cannot smother or choke the driver of uh, passengers, mm-hmm. and, and they don't restrict the occupant's movement after the crash. Okay. That whole thing has been very rehearsed, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why they have all these dummy uh, practices and, and data that they put together and so on just to time this thing perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally, the whole process of the airbag inflation and deflation is complete in less than one second. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and now the rollover crashes uh, are longer events than frontal uh, or side impact crashes. So those airbags that are designed to provide rollover protection are also designed to uh, remain inflated longer. Mm. So in essence, those side airbags, they inflate even quicker and they stay inflated longer because they're also designed for the rollover thing mm-hmm. um yeah right hmm. that's interesting wow you know you're talking about that um that cornstarch and all that you know i've heard people complain that it makes their eyes itchy or their throat a little scratchy right 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 uh well yeah 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 uh, yeah, the well, the powdery starch of the talcum uh, substance released when some of the airbags deploy may initially contain a small amounts of sodium hydroxide, mm-hmm. um, and that's because the propellant that they use to inflate the bag mixes with with some of these uh, with the lubricants, okay, mm-hmm. with the powder, uh, which may cause temporary minor irritation to the occupant's eye or throat. Um, and, of course, other minor injuries to occupants may include abrasions from mm-hmm. contact with the fabric of the airbag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I, I'd rather have, I would ha- rather have that than hitting the steering wheel. You oh, know? yeah. little Me minor too. abrasion and so. But uh, um, the airbags, one thing that, that, is, uh, that should be noted is that the airbags cannot be reused. Once, once they deploy, okay. um, they are useless. You just have to replace them with new ones. Um, and, and to ensure continued protection of the occupants, uh, they, they should be replaced as soon as possible, you know, mm-hmm. and before the car is driven again. The good news is that because they only de- deploy during crashes, okay, okay. Uh, the good thing is that mo- in most cases, your insurance company pays for those. Ah, uh, okay. That's good. They're expensive, too. Oh, yes, very much. So what kind of maintenance? We don't have to do any maintenance on these, do we? Well, let me let me tell you a little bit about this thing. Um, the the electronic control unit or ECU, mm-hmm. uh, as we often call them, uh, and they act like the brain of the airbag system. Uh, and it receives signals from the various sensors, such as crash sensors, and decides if 
and when each airbag should deploy. Okay. Uh, now, the ECU is typically located in the middle of the vehicle or under the seat mm-hmm. uh, where it's well protected. Okay. Um, and then in vehicles equipped with uh, advanced airbag systems, the ECU can also uh, receive inputs additional from additional sensors that detect uh, even occupant's weight, uh, seating position, seat belt use, and, and, and seat belt positions, uh, and some so much more of that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, including how fast the car was going, all, all that, you know. Um, but the ECU also performs regular diagnostic checks of the airbag system. And if the ECU identifies a problem, the airbag readiness warning light will illuminate mm-hmm. on the instrument panel. As we already, we all seen that little light when you first turn the, the key on. Right. The system uh, performs that little test to show you that the light is working. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, when the air, um, when the airbag readiness light is illuminated, the airbag system might not perform properly and crash. And that's the reason why it should be fixed as soon as possible. But overall, it is fairly maintenance-free. System. Wow, there's a lot to it, and you know, save our lives and all that. That's right. It really is. Well, Pablo, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you're working on cars right now, and we all appreciate you taking a few moments and telling us how important this really is to, you know, keep active, keep maintained, and not to let it go if that little light goes on. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Well, thank you. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, that was Pablo Sarmiento, Master ASC Technician L1 Certified. We appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule. Pablo is always very, very interesting to talk to. You always learn something from him, and and we look forward to him coming back on the show. And if you're just tuning in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks, and today we're talking about what an airbag is versus an airbag. That's right, they have the same name for two different components on cars, and we're going to be talking about the safety restraint system, airbag, and the suspension on some of the vehicles out there now that have airbags holding the car up. Of course, we're going to be talking to our gadget guru. He'll be here in a little bit talking about a summertime automotive gadget, economically priced for your vehicle. And also don't forget that you can look back in the archive section of Web Talk Radio for Car Care for the Clueless and you can catch up to what we've been talking about the last few weeks, the few months. But uh, let's go on to what's an airbag on your car for the suspension that is. So we were talking to Pablo about supplemental safety restraints or airbags that pop out of the dash and pop out of the steering wheel in case we get in an accident. But we also have an airbag in the car for the suspension, the ride height, how high the car sits on the road. Not all cars have airbags for the suspension, but there's quite a few. There's European, there's Asian cars, there's domestic cars, and basically this all started back in the 50s, just like the uh, safety restraint systems, and engineers wanted to devise a way to keep this ride height, how high or how low the car sat according to the pavement, in a specific spot. And this is important for your steering, suspension, braking, etc. So when you'd get people in the car or golf clubs or groceries and this would make the car squash down. It'd make the ride height shorter than it was supposed to. Well, let's see, what could we do to fix this? 
And they came up with putting these air bags or air bladders. There was a component that measured how much weight was in the car and it would tell a separate compressor in the engine compartment, well, somewhere underneath the car, but a lot of them were in the engine compartment, to put air into these air bladders to put the ride height back to where the manufacturer wanted it to be. Now, the newer models have expanded on this concept of the ride height and some of the all-terrain vehicles vehicles that you would see out in climbing mountains, so on and so forth, they actually have driver-controlled air ride height. That means that the driver actually, from the comfort of the cab of the vehicle, can go in there and it can tell the ride height to raise up to clear objects uh, like streams, rocks, rough terrain, so on and so forth. So the airbag for the suspension has come a long way. Another component that you see air suspension in, uh, you'll see it on custom cars, especially custom antique cars where they can lower them straight to the ground and they can raise them up to go over like uh, parking lot curbs so on and so forth so it doesn't ruin the undercarriage. So the airbag has come a long way for the consumer to uh, guarantee the ride height and the steering gear and your suspension and your braking safety. Now the air suspension does need some maintenance. If the airbag happens to deflate, and you'll be able to tell because one side of the vehicle will be sagging like you would have a flat tire, you can't drive the vehicle with that one specific airbag sagging. First of all, it's going to diminish your steering and it's going to diminish your braking, which is most important. Remember, you can't start the car, nobody can get hurt, but if you can't stop it, somebody could get hurt or killed, and we don't want that. So this needs to be addressed immediately. And like all things, if you let them go, it's going to cost you more money out of your wallet because it will start a domino effect just like other components on your car. And why pay more than you have to? So please, if you are in a situation like this, go to your ASC Blue Seal shop and see your ASC certified technician and ask them for help. You'll be safe. Everybody around you will be safe. Your family will be safe. And you'll save money because you've gotten this repaired before it got worse. And let me tell you folks, when it comes to air ride suspension, it can be extremely expensive. If you let it go and you let an airbag just slowly deflate overnight and say, oh, it pops up in the morning, everything's fine. Well, let me tell you, the compressors that run those airbags are very, very expensive. And when you overwork them because you're letting this bag deflate over the nighttime hours and you come back and you expect everything just to be okay, it's not going to be. So get it fixed, get it fixed right away, save your money, put it in the bank, keep it in the wallet, buy some shoes, do something with it. You don't have to put it in your car. Well, it's that time in our show to uh, talk to Peter, our gadget guru. We're going to stay on the theme of air, and he has something that's going to help you out if you ever get stuck on the side of the road. Temporary fix, but it's going to help you out. This is Peter. Can I help you? Hey, Peter. This is Pam. How are you doing today? Hi, Pam. How are you today? Good. Um, today we're talking about components with air in them, and I know you have... Uh, economically priced gadget for the cars out there yes i do what would it be it is sounds like a silly name but fix a flat really yes isn't that that stuff you buy and you put in your tires when you get a flat that is correct you just screw the can on the valve stem shake it up real good mix all the components in there and then in theory it's supposed to seal the hole and make you able to 
get to your destination to get the tire fixed. Once in a while, you got too big a hole in the tire, and that won't work. But mm-hmm. um, that's the basic design of it, basically to help seal whatever little hole you got in there and get you on your way, basically. Okay, so it's not something I can keep in the car all the time. No, I wouldn't recommend it because if the car gets too hot, it is flammable. Uh, don't need that blowing up in the trunk and screwing up your car. So it's, I don't recommend keeping that in the car. You might be able to stash it in the trunk down with your spare maybe or if you've got a side pocket that's cushioned and insulated where mm-hmm. it's fairly cool, you can do it in there, but definitely not inside the vehicle. No. Or, or maybe put it like in a freezer bag or something. Yeah. Just in case, in the Absolutely. trunk. Absolutely, okay. yeah. So this is to get me from where I had my unfortunate flat, where I came to a stop, to take my car to go get the tire patched. Get it fixed, yes. You can get all that fixed flat out of there. Um, mm-hmm. The reason you want to do it as quickly as possible is the rims themselves can be affected by the chemicals of the fix-a-flat. Okay. Also, with the newer cars that come with the tire pressure sensors. Right. Um, That's the tire the, monitoring on the dash. Right. Mm-hmm. It monitors the air pressure in the tires. Those can also be ruined with fix-a-flat as well. That's why they, the owner's manual of some cars that I've seen says do not use fix-a-flat on yours. It has tire pressure sensors, but a lot of people don't listen. They get... Oh. Some get lucky, some don't. I saw one, I think it was a GMC Suburban, where mm-hmm. she put fix-a-flat in her car, and it actually melted the plastic coating. It was so corrosive, melted the plastic coating around the body of the tire pressure sensor to where you could see the electronic circuitry inside. Wow. So you'd have to read the label on the fix-a-flat to see if it's compatible. Right. They say, I've seen some in the parts stores that say they're sensor safe, but I don't buy that for a minute because I, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. As, as corrosive and as nasty as that stuff is, and it just comes in all sorts of shapes and flavors, and I can't imagine any of that stuff being sensor safe, throwing something flammable and corrosive against something that's electronic i don't see that working but you have regular uh fairly older car with just regular valve stems you don't have anything to worry about it won't Mm -hmm. it won't screw up the rubber on the valve stems just get it done as soon as you can like you said the rims and the interior of the tire too and they make different varieties do they yeah they have different varieties some come out very liquidy and watery um i've seen some come out as kind of like a gel that as you start running the tire the centrifugal force shoves it out against the tread of the tire on the inside mm-hmm. which seals basically the whole tire so if you've got to get fix the flat that would be the stuff to get but that would clog up your air pressure sensor so you know sure and they make other stuff it's called slime it's it's a slime. lovely bright green and it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> When it's time to change the tire, it really makes a mess. It, it leaves its mark, basically. Oh, wow. But so I've, you, seen, I've seen people use it on lawnmower tires, tractor tires. I, I've helped them with it. And, you know, you put it in there, let the air out of the tire, let it go. It goes in by itself. And then you put the core back in, air the tire back up, and then just spin it around a couple times or drive the vehicle whatever vehicle it is, a tractor or what have you, uh-huh. it works. So when but, you for, but, you know, for a tractor, you don't really have to be precise or whether you care you have 
fix a flat in there because you're out in the dirt and the mud plowing up stuff and digging up stuff anyway, so it doesn't really matter too much. Mm-hmm. A lawnmower tire, yeah. Yeah. So you need to uh, tell the tire tech as a courtesy that there's fix a flat in the tire before they that, take the tire off the car. That is definitely recommended as well. I've been changing tires in the past. Somebody didn't tell me, and I got a little bit of that stuff in my eye. and it What, well, past your safety glasses, so it really sprays. Yeah, it sprays, right. Wow. It, it come, even if you've got all the air out of there, once you break that bead, that stuff just comes flying out of there. Amazing. And if you get it in your eye, it'll, it stings very, very badly. you got to go get your eyes washed out and, you know. Oh, of course. It won't do any, da- you know, damage to your eyes unless you leave it in there. But um, other than that. Mm-hmm. So, well, Peter, thank you for that uh, little tidbit there. I know uh, people have seen those on the shelves at the grocery store at the parts store. And, you know, basically everybody... Uh, read your manual and read the back of the can to see if it's compatible with your car or not. There's some cars you won't have to use that on, and just just as an added tidbit, if you've got a high-performance car, say like a BMW, Corvette, Mercedes, Mm -hmm. and they come with uh, run-flat tires, the tires you can run on with no air, Mm -hmm. you do not need to go get yourself some fix-a-flat. The tire sidewalls are extremely thick and stiff and they will hold the car up just fine until you get to your destination you don't need to go get the fix a flat because the tire itself will not be flat so that's just okay. one added tidbit if you got a high performance car with run flat tires on it you don't need to buy any of that stuff you'll never ever need it well thank you peter thank you for taking the time out and we'll talk to you next week okay i appreciate it take care thank you thank you bye-bye You know, people will come up to me at least once a week and say, how can I make money while driving my vehicle? I don't understand this concept. And there's a whole list of things that you could be doing as a consumer to save money while driving your vehicle. The one we're going to touch on today is by using a top-tier fuel. We talked about this before. Six car manufacturers asked the petroleum companies to make a specific formula for their fuel. So that ensured that their vehicles would run at peak performance and the highest MPG, miles per gallon, that they could get out of their cars. These car manufacturers were General Motors, Toyota, Honda, BMW, VW, and Audi. Their primary goal was to have a fuel formula that best supported their vehicle. And you know, it works. It really, truly works. You may pay a little bit more at the gas station, but on a piece of paper, you'll be getting a free tank of gas out of this. You know, something that could cost you between $50 to $100. How can you pass this up? You just made $50 to $100 by getting a free tank of gas because you were putting the proper formula fuel in your car. It's a no-brainer. And that's how you make money, by doing common sense things for your vehicle. Well, it's that time again. I don't know where it's gone, but it's time to say goodbye. And I want to thank everybody for emailing us with these car care questions. Uh, Of course, I want to thank our ASE Master L1 Pablo Sarmiento for talking to us regarding the airbag safety restraint system. And Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, with his air-related component for your summer driving experience. 
Next week, we're going to be talking to our customers who have some questions for us. And this is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless, and I'm looking forward to meeting with you again next week. If you have any car care questions and you'd like for us to answer them on the show, please contact us on our website, carcareforthecluelist.com. It's all one word spelled out. Or if you'd like to purchase my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How You Can Make Money While Maintaining Your Vehicle, that's also on the carcareforthecluelist.com website, or you can find it on my shop website at pamsmotorcity.net. It's available in paperback. You can download it onto your digital media for your Kindle, and all this is to help you so you too can be a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care.